Hey everyone, welcome to episode, I think it's episode 41 of Tuesdays with Perry. Might be 42. No, 41. So we'll be getting Perry on the line in just a minute. And so today we're going to be talking about Ron DeSantis, obviously, since we hadn't had an opportunity to talk about Ron's uh, announcement on Twitter, Twitter Spaces, which is just an audio uh, audio space. They made this announcement and it was fraught with technical glitches and issues. Some claim it was sabotage. Uh, who knows? So we'll talk about that. I also want to talk to Perry a little bit about what I spoke on this morning about Ron DeSantis's military career and what exactly he was doing in those places when he was with the Navy. I also want to talk uh, some about uh, the Memorial Day weekend beatdown of two Marines by a gang of what appears to be Antifa, uh, teenage thugs, all dressed in black lock. And we're going to speak a little bit on Governor New York Governor Holchel's admittance while they found that her policies were benefiting her husband's company. So there's a little bit of corruption we're going to talk about there, and lots more. So let's see if we can't get Perry on the line. Hello. Hey, Perry. I'm sorry. I had a little technical difficulty there with the Bluetooth. It said it was connected, and it really wasn't. Um, how are you, my friend? Uh, you know what, Rudy? I'm not, I'm not going to say it anymore because it's just going to upset too many of you listening. <laughs> You're doing good. Doing phenomenally. All right. Uh, Outstanding. So today I want to talk about your governor a little bit. Um, you, We haven't spoke since he made his announcement on Twitter. Uh, it was fraught with technical issues. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and then also there's some questions about his military career I want to get into um, that I could just get your opinion on. But I also want to talk about the... Memorial Day beatdown in California, uh, Camp Pendleton Marines, two of them were beat down by a gang of 40 uh, teenagers all dressed in black block. Um, and so I want your comment on that. And then if we could just close out with um, Governor Holchel, Kathy Holchel, her husband, some are claiming indirectly, but he definitely did benefit from some of the policies that the governor was pushing there in the state of New York. So first off, um, Ron DeSantis, his uh, announcement didn't really go as planned. Um, any comments on it? And he didn't talk about the economy, which pissed off a lot of people, but you have a comment on that? Um, well, I saw just excerpts. I didn't see it from, from beginning to end. Uh, I was a bit annoyed myself at um, technical. I didn't like how it came across, te- you know, from a technical aspect. Um, I thought he could have done a better job, but um, you know, live by the sword, die by the sword. He thought he could pull off this great coup. I thought it was a smashing idea, but I also didn't think that there would be gremlins in the machine to cause problems for him to be able to get his word out. 
So, you know, he, he learned a, another valuable lesson. You know, there's you some know. there's some people, including myself, that think it was sabotage. Actually, the head of technological, I think it was the head of technological development at Twitter was, I think, forced to resign days after that glitch. So, and I'm sure there are a lot of people, maybe still to this day, that work at Twitter that might not like your governor. Well, I, I know they don't like my governor. I know they hate me. And that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. I want to know who my enemies are. So what, um, what do you know about, um, what do you know about mil, uh, uh, Ron DeSantis's military background in the Navy? Uh, just a quick recap. He did spend some time assisting a commander of special forces in Iraq and Afghanistan for one year. I think that was 2008. And also, he spent a lot of his career at Guantanamo Bay, uh, purportedly uh, pressing court martial court martial charges on people. Um, any any comments on his military career? People think that he might have been chipped or something when he was at Guantanamo Bay. Um, well, anything's possible, right? <laughs> um, you're a JAG officer. You got to do what you got to do. Um, I personally have never seen, and I'm a civilian, I never served the country. Uh, so I can only give an opinion from someone who doesn't understand the intricacies of military law and how it differs from civil as well as criminal law under the United States Constitution and the criminal code. It's different. I, going all the way back to Alan West, um, he was court-martialed out of the United States Army because he did something that I would have done without hesitation myself if I were of his rank at the time, which was lieutenant colonel. And I had in my possession a terrorist who I knew had knowledge of where these IEDs were placed that, you know, my, my troops were going to have to come in contact with. And um, for those of your, your um, audience who don't know the story about Alan West and his, uh, in my opinion, stellar career, um, he lost his commission as a United States Army officer because when the terrorists spit on his face and said, I don't have to tell you anything, he gave him three chances after he had pulled his 45 from his holster. And he said, we could do this the easy way or we can do this the hard way. And the terrorist called his bluff. And so rather than put a bullet in his knee or in his shoulder, he put his gun right up against the sons of bitches eardrum and pulled the trigger. Needless to say, um, he gave up the goods on where these IEDs were. And when it was found out, and, and this is, again, you have your military tribunals. Uh, when, when somebody ratted out um, West, whether it was a superior or a junior officer who was politically correct, he admitted that he had done something that was, a, a, you know, beyond the pale. Right. And so he got thrown out of the services. Well, that's what JAG officers do. Right. They go after those, and as well as as defend those 
who were accused of military crimes. So that's your that's your speculation that he was um, uh, prosecuting uh, people that worked at Guantanamo Bay for uh, abuse. Um, because yeah. there, there is, that's why, why I brought up the question, there is a lot of mystery surrounding uh, his time in the service uh, in Iraq and Afghanistan and at Guantanamo Bay. So well, For good reason, for uh, good reason. Right, and, and, um, and so you speculate that he was there prosecuting Americans who were behaving badly with their detainees or uh, probably representing the U.S. government against attorneys of the people that were being held there, I would imagine. Correct. Yeah. 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 It seems, it seems, and, and it seems so, reasonable. I, I got to ask you this question also before you go on. Um, would you consider Guantanamo Bay a black site? No, it can't be a black site if we know it exists. Yeah, right. Well, I'm just saying, so is that the only difference? Well, yeah. 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 I mean, you know, we have black sites all the CIA has black sites all over the world. So, but the same and, things are going on. The same activities are probably going on there that are on, going on in black sites. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Look, I, I, I'm going to make this as clear to people as I can. Using whatever tactics are necessary to gain information, whether you're shoving bamboo uh, stakes under a man's fingernails, whether as they so aptly did uh, in the television series 24, where they staged um, the assassination of a terrorist's wife and then were able to gain the information from the terrorist because they were going to supposedly pull the trigger on his children. Yeah. Um, whatever it takes. I don't want to hear jack shit about the Geneva Convention. So you are a supporter of enhanced interrogation techniques. I'm in support of chopping off their dick. <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in support of doing whatever it takes yeah. to get the information out of them. And for people like let, let he rot in hell, Johnny McCain, who gave up the goods while he was over in, in, in uh, um, somewhere off a of Ho Chi Minh Trail, yeah. okay, during the 1960s. All right, I don't care what somebody tells me. The Hanoi, Hanoi, Hanoi Hilton. The, the Hanoi Hilton, yeah. that's correct. And, and I don't care what anybody who claims to be an expert in, in these tactics says when it comes to the lack of evidence that torturing works. I know it works because at a certain point, the mind breaks. And when the mind breaks, they will say whatever they have to, to make the pain go away. Just that. Yeah. Just um, a point of note. I do not support torture. Although you you reserve your right to, to do that. And it is your government also. So I want to move on to a hotter topic, I think, is these two Marines from Camp Pendleton who were in plain clothes um, were out on Friday night at 10 p.m. on Friday night. And I guess a gang of black clothed uh, teenagers were setting off fireworks and it was bothering other people on the beach, I guess. And so the Marines 
um, walked up to them and asked them please to stop. One of the Marines got a punch in the head from one of the kids. And then when the Marine looked to return the favor, um, he got ganged up on and beaten badly. And then his friend came in to, to try to help and a melee ensued and they both got beaten. Uh, they weren't hospitalized. So you could even say this might be propaganda. It's hard to say, but just on the note of on Memorial Day, which people go up to me and say, happy Memorial Day. It's not really a happy occasion. Uh, for, right. It's for remembrance. Um, and the people that we're try that we have this holiday to honor, uh, well, not these people in particularly, but certainly could be if they're killed in action or what have you, um, are ganged up by ganged up on by these ungrateful pieces of communist filth. You have a comment on that? Um. Well, yeah, I'm a little upset at the report but not for the reason you just stated. I'm upset because I want to know what the Marines did to the sons of bitches that they did get their hands on right. before they got jumped by 10 or 20 at a time. Because I guarantee you that whoever suffered a blow from one or both of those Marines is probably still soaking in a bathtub of ice. <laughs> and, and also to just add in, there was a not elderly couple, but an older couple who did intervene to get the gang from stop, stop beating on these Marines who, who they curled up in the fetal position as they should to protect their vital organs and their head. And, but right. they, they took the punches. I just find that appalling that, um, these these punks really and i hate using that term because i don't think of young people as punks but any, no, they're, they're human ex, no they're human excrement right is what they are right the communist uh, you know it's all the power of the group and stuff i bet you any one of those 40 kids wouldn't have done shit if they were standing by themselves but it's the power yeah. of the group and that is i think that whole scenario is indicative of the political circumstance we're in now that all this power of the group crap and ganging up on individuals um, who may want to represent uh, patriotism. Right. Well, look, this started seven years ago with anyone who wore a MAGA hat. I remember there was a, um, a black um, patriot who was disabled. He was in his, in his wheelchair. He was waving a handheld you know, when I say handheld, one of those little flags that you yeah. that people set at, at a gravestone. He was waving one of those flags. He was wearing his uh, MAGA hat. And I watched as the members of Antifa literally charged at him, not only threw him out of his chair, but before they threw him out of his chair, picked up his chair and threw him in the chair. Right. And ultimately beat him to a pulp. Yeah. And I remember somebody saying, because of course it was recorded with a, a, a phone camera, isn't somebody going to help that poor man? Yeah. Well, why the fuck didn't you put down your damn camera and go help him? Yeah. And so, you know, all of this is happening. And Rudy, I said to you months ago, when we first started um, with you asking me, if I would be willing and gladly so be a guest on your podcast on a weekly basis, I, I called them what they are. They are the 21st century brown shirts. 
Oh yeah. They are the this is this is crystal not happening all over again. Only it's not happening to just Jewish people. It's happening to black people mm-hmm. who own their own business. It's happening to Asians. It's now happening to to cops and members of our military and the all- and the capital. Because it was really, yeah. it was Antifa who breached the Capitol, were breaking windows and stuff like that. That's right. Because that's that's, right. that's indicative of, of of their behavior. Um, that's right. You know, you can't you can't cite another instance where Trump supporters were breaking windows and stuff. Look, this this I can tell you, this goes all the way back. You, you're talking about uh, members of Antifa who were doing what they were doing on J six. They were wearing. MAGA hat, and yeah. it, it was, it, it, this is, this is exactly how they do things. This is their, this is their MO. And it was the Trump supporters who said, hey, hey, we're not here to do that. Yeah, Stop. Well, exactly. Were, it, it, but you notice that video disappeared very quickly oh, yeah. from the nightly reports. Oh. So, oh, that was never shown on the mainstream media where you had the two kids in black block you know, up on the windows with a hammer, they brought hammers Mm -hmm. to break the windows. That's right. You know, and they were told to get down from there and stop that. We don't do that. Um, But the Capitol was breached anyway. So we have guys like Ray Epps. But, you know, you're right. Um, It is the Democratic Party and they're not so, they might very well be instigated into doing these things that they do through ideology, but also calls to direct action, but also they're not being reined in. So they're fed the uh, the anarchist ideology, and then when it comes to being punished, it's just not happening, particularly in the West. Well, when you, when, when you, when you, have, when you have district attorneys like Bragg over in, in New York City, or the Latino schmuck, over there in LA County right. who literally say, Gascon. I'm not going to prosecute these people, Yeah, Gascon. but I'm going, yeah, Gaston. Okay. But I don't even want to mention them by name. You, yeah. you have to, I don't. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I don't want, I don't, I don't want to give him the respect yeah. that a real district attorney would have. Yeah. Okay. When, when you have DAs and they're all over, the, we have a couple of them here in, in the state of Florida. Oh, sure. And, and and I will tell you that, you know, as you reported, DeSantis got rid of one of them. Now, guess who's trying to put him back into office? Well, the Democrats. The Democrats. Yeah, right. of course. Right. Okay. So, again, follow follow the lead. Mm. Not, it's not always a question of following the money, but that's that too. You think these people go out just for the hell of it? They're paid to create this. Plan. Oh, yeah. I saw a bunch of, uh, it looked like Antifa, but it was during the Black Lives Matter thing. They pulled up in a Mercedes. And they right. and they led the protest. They came right. in. They were pa- paid agitators. These were the paid BLM people. And uh, I witnessed it firsthand uh, from my position in journalism that they showed up, the two or three of them, in a Mercedes. They got out. They were well crafted and well um, constructed actors who knew how to whip up the crowd and they used their megaphones and they got people to lay in the street and close down uh, roadways and such. Um, there is a paid element to these brown shirts for sure. It's not just all organic. And, and I'll go one step further than what you just mentioned. I forget exactly which city it was. It happened last year. There, are, there were two corporate attorneys 
and they held a position in, 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 <laughs> you they, already know they, the story I'm talking about no right? no no I just think when I hear when I hear attorneys I always think of Cloward and Piven although they were academics but they, right right they, they right they they were academic and of course you saw what Francis Piven looked like when um she was having a debate with um who was it? Who I don't want to get you debate? off track. Okay, the I'm two sorry, corporate, yeah, the yeah, two yeah, two corporate yeah. attorneys. So the two, these two corporate attorneys were caught on video and charged as members of Antifa, and they lost their position. Oh, that was down. Yeah, yeah, that was down in Georgia when they were building the um the police police co- right. cop that's city. Right. They called it, which is a police training facility. Yeah. That's right. That's right. right. So so you you. When, when people listen to someone like me rant on a show like yours, and then they hear your own testimony of your, your witnessing of the 21st century brown shirts, and that's what we have to keep calling them. Yep. Let's keep reminding people of how history repeats itself. It was it's funny yeah. because it's almost exactly 100 years ago. Yeah, it's it OF, in the 1930s. Right. Well, the common element is the OFA, which was Obama's organization, which started out organizing for America. That's right. And then That's it became right. Obama for America. And now I think it's been slightly disbanded, but it ha- all its umbrella groups uh, kept operating. And people don't understand how serious it was about activating these activists to go out and say shit all over the Internet, but actually go out with call to actions and, and uh, do these disruptions, and that's what bled into BLM and Antifa and so on. That's correct. And, and the and, parents, and, it's the the people that went to OFA training are the parents of these Antifa kids and, and other young people in BLM and so forth. Well, let's, let's not call them kids, okay? We're not talking about 14 and 15-year-olds. Yeah, young adults. We're talking about young adults, 17, 18, 20, 21, 25. Yeah. We're not talking about children here. Right. These are people who should be taking responsibility for their actions, but because of district attorneys around the country who don't think it's important to enforce the law when it comes to defending the rights of people who own a business or own a house or own a car, um, that's why these things continue to happen. Yeah. And, and you can see how starting with George Zimmerman and Trayvon Martin, how that story wasn't just politicized. It was outright lying about the events that took place on that night. And when I had people, you know, I I came home for one of one of my high school class reunions and I've lost some friendships over that. Yeah. And I, I and, and I, I literally said to one of the women I went I went to school with, please don't tell me my eyes lie to me. Right. I live eight miles from where that happened. Yeah, but that whole yeah, yeah, think- that whole situation is no different than a George Floyd or Eric Garner or Correct. any of these That's things. My point. Yeah, it's right. just like they are blown out of they're all constructed. All these events that may have happened organically, I, I think most of them not, but there might be some organic event that then is spun into some sort of racially divisive um, right. episode that they use that they use to activate all their 
people. You know, and now they do it anytime, right. anytime something pops up in the news, activate them. And all they have to do well, look, is... Look what happened, look what happened in, in, in New York City last month. Okay? Here you have this, um, I don't know if he was a retired Marine or some people call him a former Marine if he didn't serve as a lifer in, in, in the uh, armed forces. But this was, this was a guy with military training. And unfortunately, the man he killed suffered greatly from from uh, a mental disorder. I forget exactly what his correct diagnosis was, but whatever it was, the city of New York and the state of New York didn't do their job to see to it that this menace right. to society was off the streets and locked up. And so now a man who came to the rescue of another citizen is now in danger right. of going to jail. Yeah. We're going. We're going to prosecute somebody like him, but we're not going to prosecute the people that tried to burn down Macy's. Yeah, I don't understand that. Well, the thing is, that's if it's organic to begin with. I think that whole thing is contrived. They wanted to make this George Floyd 2.0 thing, and it failed miserably because people are over that now, and they see a guy who maybe wrongfully uh, asphyxiated um, a guy. But the guy was a menace, and he has a rap sheet long and hard. So if New York City didn't clean and, up and, the menace, and and keep keep in mind, you know, you and I are using the word menace. Let's tell everybody that's listening to your podcast: this guy had used weapons against other innocent human beings, mm. not once or twice, or even a half a dozen times. No, this call, guy yeah. has been locked up. Yeah. Yeah. He was out on bail because yeah. there's no cash bail. Well, right. And he was also charged with kidnapping an 18 year old girl. Um, you know, the point is that people that really knew the frequency of this guy around times square, um, said that he was a menace, but, Let's mm -hmm. let's get off that just for a moment and stay in New York City because I want to get your opinion on this before we close out. So if you give me two minutes on, on this, this is from the New York Times. Despite Holchel's vow, her policies have aided husband's firm. And when this appeared in the paper, it didn't have in, indirectly. But then once they put it online... They added the word indirectly aided husband's firm. Although government Kathy Holchel says she has taken no role in matters directly affecting Delaware North, the company stood to benefit from no, but her chief of staff did. Yeah, from her administration's decisions. Bullshit. All the Democrats, including Nancy Pelosi, um, benefited greatly. Um, from all the information that they get. And so this is, and you know, how about Joe Biden and his family? Uh, of course these people are on the grift. And she was just joining the party, but she's kind of new to the scene. And so I think she made a couple mistakes. And so they're tr the Democratic Party itself is trying to distance themselves from her because, like, um, who was the guy that did the fake uh, hate crime? Jesse Smollett. You know, he did a fake hate crime, the letters, and nobody paid attention to the letters, so he tried to take it a step further, and then he was too inexperienced, and he ended up getting caught for faking a hate crime. She kind of did the same thing, that she she went too far out on the limb and didn't watch herself, and now she's aiding her, her decisions as governor, her administration. We're not talking about the legislature here, so. Right. So give me a couple of minutes on that, if you will, before we close out. Well, 
you, you know, um, Rudy, I get, I get to the point where I just shake my head because they have no shame. And, and it's not just Kathy Hochul. And it's not just the Democrats. Look, there's plenty of grift going on in the Republican Party. And so, with, specifically to Hochul, you know, I'm, I'm bored of the subject already because they're all scum. I'm talking about in New York. All the Democrats are, because just like in California, there's only one party. Yeah. Yeah, there's a couple of Republicans here and there. There's a few yeah. out in Long Island. You got them up in Binghamton. You got them. You got them um, in Bedford Falls. You got them. At, you got them in different areas. Elmira, you know, maybe Schenectady. They're harmless. They can't yeah. do a damn thing to stop the Democrats from getting rich. Yeah. And I mean, their families right. are benefiting demonstrably right. to such a point that even even the people. Who watch Keeping Up? They still have that show, don't they? Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Yeah, uh, they're they're busy watching Kim Kardashian. Even they, the people that watch that show and live as uh, residents of New York State, they know of yeah. all the grift. They just shrug their shoulders and say, "So what?" What yeah. else is no? Yeah, it's part of the and, process, and, and it shouldn't be no family of a sitting uh, a sitting elected official, a civil servant should benefit monetarily or financially um, other than their paycheck by any information for anybody connected to them or themselves. And this Correct. and this goes to Biden. And that's just, the problem is the people making the rules are also people that, benefit, that are benefiting financially from these um, questionable deals. Well, well, how do you think Dingy Harry, who never held a job outside of government, I take that back. He was a two-bit hustling lawyer in Searchlight, Nevada. And then he ran for Congress, and he won. And then after, I think, serving two, maybe three terms, he ran for Senate. And he served in the Senate for over 40 years. Yeah. How do you think this man, who never really earned a paycheck outside of government, his entire productive life, yep. how did he die worth $17 million? Yeah. Well, it's... Huh? A it's a private industry thing that is like it's America laissez-faire when it comes to business. And I don't agree with that. I don't think the government should get involved, but it's like everybody can, should be able to make money however they see fit. And not if you're a civil servant, especially if you're an elected civil servant, there's no way you should be benefiting from your position financially, you or your family or your aunt or your dog or, or whomever. So well, well, you got one thing you got one thing wrong. They already benefit and it has nothing to do with insider trading that they're all guilty of. Yeah. I don't care which party they belong well, to. Well, it's legal. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's only legal because they write a statute that only applies to them in the halls of Congress so that they have the legal right. It's right. it's it, it, it's beyond the pale. It really yeah. is. So how do you get rid of that? Well, the first thing is term limits. Yeah. I've been screaming term limits since 1992. Yep. And the argument, the argument I've had, um, you know, I've over, over the last 30 years, I I've been fortunate. I guess you could say that yeah. I've been fortunate to be in the company of not just elected officials, but United States senators and congressmen. Yep. And, and because I was in a small group, 
I was able to talk to them. And I've said, you know, why don't you support eight is enough? And he said, well, you know, the, the problem with that is we would be limiting ourselves to, and that means someone like Bob Dole, you know, cause this is 30 years ago, yeah. Bob Dole would have only been able to run and, and how many um, potential politicians that could have easily stepped into his shoes so that Bob Dole wouldn't spend 50 years in, yeah. in, in Washington, D.C. Right. Never ran for office yeah. because of that. Yeah. And, 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 and you know what, Rudy, I know you've talked about this uh, nauseum about how, what is it, 95% of all office holders win re-election? Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. So they spend, they spend their entire political career running for office, getting into office, and then once in office, continue to go out with hat in hand for their entire elected well, term. Right. It's okay. so it's so they can build relationships with donors. So it takes Correct. time to build relationships with donors, and then the donors support you every every time, every election cycle. Hey, and, Bob. And why, hey, why do those? But why do those wealthiest donors support you? Yeah. Because you're going to do things for them. You're their and in bitch. In terms of you doing things for them, yeah. your kid is going to get a position as C C O O yeah. or C C E O or whatever C O you want to give them. Yeah. Because you help them, they helped you, and oh by the way, they're going to get a signing bonus of three million dollars. And guess who that's going to go to? Right. People like Daddy. Like the daddy who's currently at sixteen hundred right. Pennsylvania Avenue. There That's is how this works. <laughs> right. There there is some literal meaning uh to the term cocksucker. So <laughs> so people can't people can't forget that. So we're gonna have to leave it there for now, Perry. Um we could talk about term limits for uh to, at nauseum for for hours and hours and hours and why right. we can right. fix the political system if you just try to get money out of politics uh, as much as possible. So the last uh, thing I'm, I want to say, yeah. the last thing I want to say on that, Rudy, is when people say, "Well, you know, we would lose the best of the best," and my argument to the people who make that claim is, so you really think? We have the best of the best representing yeah. us now. No, not if they're because, corrupt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because last time I checked, you know what? Our our debt. Yeah. I'm sorry. Our our it's getting to the point where our interest on the debt is now challenging our GNP. Yeah. Okay. That's how bad things are, and you're telling me yeah. that's the best we can find. Yeah, it's already. Four hundred billion dollars a year on debt service that could buy a lot of uh, that could buy a lot of stuff. Um, yeah, I mean we could go on and on and on about people benefiting uh, financially and in other ways through the political right. office. You're a civil servant; right. it's not hard to do. You go to Washington and you do what your constituents want you to. It's easy. Hey, Rudy. <laughs> not only that, but if you win. Re-election, one re-election, whether it's Congress or Senate, you get a lifetime gold, not gold-plated, gold-standard health care for you and your family or you and your, your, your spouse. You get also an office paid for by people like me and you. Yep. You get a staff. You get postage. And you're not even in office. Oh, and, and let's not forget... 
you get an annual salary. Yeah. Two. Yeah. You do okay? get you do get so, paid by the taxpayer. Yeah. And how many days a week do you actually work? <laughs> Not much. All right, Perry, right. I appreciate it. We'll see you next week. All right, brother? Sounds great. Good hearing your voice, man. Keep up the good work. All right. See you soon. Take care, buddy. Bye. All right, there goes uh, Tuesdays, uh, there goes Perry from Florida. I think it was episode 41, Tuesdays with Perry, talking about his governor, Ron DeSantis, and other things, including, um, there's just a blatant corruption, particularly by the Democrats. Um, I think they're the most corrupt, but it doesn't, it's the uniparty. Everybody's on the grift, uh, trying to get money out of the political process and trying to skim money from the velocity of trillions of dollars that they keep spending, uh, it's out of control. So, I mean, everybody wants in on it. Uh, I just want my politicians to do uh, what their constituency wants them to do and not worry too much about money, what money, what budget, how much money we gotta print, how much we're gonna pay the Defense Department or the Department of Education is, you know, most of the American people want us to cut spending. I mean, unless it's a stupid Democrat who doesn't know where money comes from. Yeah, spend more money. <laughs> you know where that comes from. Uh, it comes from your taxes, and it's borrowed against your children's future. All right, that's it for us. Uh, Tuesdays with Perry. Check us out next week, or check me out. Rudy's Revelation tomorrow. Peace out.